It's now time for the breakfast show with your hosts Lyle and Mon. Hey, Mon. Yeah. Why are we on air? What do you mean? Why are we on air? We belong on air radio. I thought <laughs> I, I thought we were done. Um. Yeah, we kind of are. We we are. Are so we actually really here? No. No. Oh, we're not. Okay. Whew, I'm relieved. <laughs> Thought something strange was going on there for a minute. <laughs> you're having like an outer body experience. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so if you're wondering, no, we are not here. But we are here, kind of here. Um, we're here posthumously, humanously. No, we... Like hummus? No, no, no. Got nothing to do with hummus. <laughs> we yes. are off eating hummus somewhere else now. Uh, but we are doing a broadcast of the best bits, the best of. So enjoy that and enjoy some hummus if you like. <laughs> Quick update, everybody. Just letting you know that there is a possibility that we might be back on air. The new governing board and new chairman will be meeting on the 29th of October. Keep us in your prayers. I don't know about tomorrow. I just live from day to day. I don't
The Breakfast Show, bits you may have missed. Good morning, everybody, and welcome. You are listening to Faith FM Network 87.6, 87.8, or 88, depending on where you are right across Australia. It is The Breakfast Show. You are with Lyle and... Mon. Good morning, delayed listeners. Yes, delayed listeners. Wondering why I'm calling them delayed listeners. Yes. <laughs> ah, because you're getting the delayed show. So the news sounds really old this morning, then there's a reason for it. What I always do yeah, is same. listen to it on the TuneIn app. It's just simply on my phone. I just hit that one little icon on and press play and away it goes. It's super simple. Simply because, well, I have uh, Faith FM as the only radio station in my favourites. Yep. (laughs) I have two. This is one and then I have another one. (laughs) You can't go admitting that thing on air. We won't even talk about that. That's it. Well, the other one is one from the other side of the world, so it just gives me a different perspective on what's happening. Ah, this is your research station where you research news for Faith FM, right? Yes. <laughs> let's let's just put it like that. But uh, definitely jump across the live show. We're going to have a great program for you today. Hey, Lyle, what are you grateful for this morning? I am grateful for games night. Oh, you didn't invite me. We had a impromptu spur oh, okay. of the moment games night. It was awesome. <laughs> well, I guess what I'm grateful for, you'll never guess. Oh, sunrises again. <laughs> no, actually, it's the hill. The hill from which I see I, the sunrise. <laughs> I knew it. I, how did, okay, so I knew it would be sunrise because we've already had this conversation. You're only allowed to be grateful for the same thing once. No, look, I no, I think I should be once. allowed to be grateful for the hill at least once a week because I love that hill. It's the last hill I climb up as I walk to work and from it, I feel like I can see forever. I can see all over Newcastle and the view is just so beautiful, especially at the moment when, you know, right now it's a, it's it coincides with the sunrise. It makes me so happy. Well, as long as it makes you happy, man, it makes the rest of us <laughs> bored. Yeah, you'll be hearing about this hill for a while. <laughs> <laughs> well, stay right. tuned. We have a great show coming up. We talk about some uh, hot topics. Uh, oh, we do. Our encounter with God is yes. so controversial. Yes, indeed. We're going to have a great show, but stay right there. We'll be back after this break. serve you I give my life to you Lord Jesus every moment every hour of the day I pray keep me close to your Nothing to hide Precious Jesus Loving Savior my life My life is in your i 
I've got the most hilarious thing to tell you. Oh, you do? Yes. Okay, so you have two sons who are just becoming of, like, the marriageable age. So they're, like, yeah. you know, scoping out the ladies. and uh, But they also like cars, right? As most boys do. As most boys do. I have the most hilarious story about, <laughs> about a guy who has a girlfriend, and he picks her up every day from school, from university, in I'm glad you clarified yeah. that university. <laughs> <laughs> so he picks her up from uni every day, and every day he dresses up his car differently to embarrass her. It's, <laughs> it's gotten, it's gotten, it started off. It actually started off, you know, with just him trying to embarrass her because he would pick her up every day, and sometimes he would just, you know, why? Why does she go out with this guy? It's why, why are they still together? I would t- embarrassed every you, single day. If you listen to this, I, I would absolutely love it if some guy was. Doing Doing this, so first he would just embarrass her by like you know honking the horn and like yelling her name across the entire car park, and uh, but then he got more creative. So every day he would start dressing up in different outfits, but like with you know hilarious new things. Oh, so he dresses up, yeah, like yeah, in, in wacky costumes. Okay, and uh, to, like to embarrass I, her. I, like, I thought that I thought you he was dressing his car up, and I'm thinking, no, no, okay. no, wait, 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 we're getting there, we're getting there. <laughs> so first he just starts with the horn and yelling, then he starts dressing himself up in crazy costumes, then he starts decorating his car to. 
match the costume. No so way. like one day he'll like pick her up in like an ice cream chuck and he'll have, you know, his TV tape cardboard and spray painted and make the whole car look like an ice cream chuck. And then like a, he dressed his car up as a giant piece of pizza. He dressed it up as a, a DIY Batmobile. And, and this ended up becoming the highlight of the entire school. So every day after school, <laughs> everyone's waiting to see. Uh, yeah, I'm, thinking, um, I'm thinking this guy has a very rich parents or with a bit of cardboard and some old paints but his piste de resistance was when he was um he was out and about one day <laughs> and he saw a giant wienermobile oh, and so no. it's a huge oh, huge no. driving hot dog basically uh-huh. <laughs> And so, so just what he borrowed it for the day. He borrowed it. For the he day. borrowed it for the day. <laughs> and picked up his girlfriend from school in a giant sausage. <laughs> and uh, oh, and so of course dear. this was always being uh, videotaped. And so um, when he turned up in the Wienermobile, his girlfriend knew that she had to get back at him. And so she got uh, she put together a compilation video and. Um, and she shared it with the world and obviously went viral. And then she was invited by a local radio host um, to, ah, to prank yes, of course, him back. The radio. Oh, yes. yes. Nice. So they pulled up in a... In we a, should do some pranks here on Faith FM sometime. Yeah, we should. If only we had a radio station van because they turned up in like their... In the, you, know, you know how they have like... One day. Yeah. One day we'll have a radio yeah. station van. You can we'll donate to, to 1-800-FAITH-FM uh-huh. if you'd That's like right. us to have a van. Absolutely. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, yes, they, so they got him back. But I'm going to post a video up of the montage of all... All the different vehicles that he turned up with to pick up his girl. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty awesome. <laughs> I like how like people seem to think, oh, I have to impress a girl, turn up in like a Lamborghini. No, just dress your car up like a sausage. <laughs> yeah, well, just just <laughs> get some pizza. cardboard and some spray paint and <laughs> stick it to the outside of your car. And, uh, and speaking of school, um, I'm sure that we're all well aware. Wait, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. I want to hear about the prank. You can tell me how they pranked him on the radio. Oh, they just turned up in a they turned up in a radio van and then uh, and then they honked the horn at him and then they interviewed him. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, cool. But she, got, you know, she got him back because yeah. he was not expecting that. Uh-huh. But speaking of school, and perhaps a bit more seriously, I'm sure we're all aware, well aware. I think of the uh, it's fifty percent of students turn up to school without actually having eaten breakfast. Um, this is kids. This is in Australia. Mm-hmm. And I think the percentage is higher when they get to university because, you know, they're trying oh. to look after themselves and they're not, you know, you know. How can a person live without breakfast? Yeah. And I can't even move without breakfast. Yeah. And the thing the thing is, not eating uh, breakfast, actually, it's, it's so well documented, the studies that they've done, that um, skipping breakfast lowers your performance in basically every Every department yeah, after yeah, that. Yeah. So whether it's scholastic or you know physical labor, whatever it is you're doing, you'll have a diminished capacity because you have breakfast, breakfast. is the most important meal of the day. Absolutely, you should not. And skip dinner breakfast. is the least eat. important yes. meal of the day and because you mean you, you think about dinner. You eat food and then you go to bed. Like why do you need to yeah. do that? Yeah, exactly. You don't need to eat a whole bunch of you know energy laden. Products Heavy then, food yeah. and then go to bed. No wonder we get obese in this country mm-hmm. because that's exactly what we do when we've got nothing to do with it. We don't even work it off. We just sleep, sleep it off. Yeah. We don't sleep it off. We sleep it on. Because we sleep, yeah. sleep it on. Yep. And, um, and yeah, actually, skipping breakfast is uh, it's a gateway uh, action, to gateway habit to obesity, actually. And you'll find hey. a lot of obese people skip breakfast and they think yep. they're you know, being healthy by skipping a meal. But no, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's the opposite way around. When I was a kid growing up, we used to have a big cooked meal every breakfast. 
yep. hot breakfast every morning. And uh, because we lived in the bush and we had uh, heaps of fruit trees and 14 different kinds of berries and 100 different kinds of fruit trees and all this kind of stuff. When we got home, my dad would often give me, give us, you know, my brother and I, a bowl. Mm-hmm. With a big dollop of ice cream in it, mm-hmm. and it's like okay, go down to the garden and fill it up with raspberries, and that's oh, your dinner. Yum. And yum. that's what we'd have for dinner. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, you know, maybe the ice cream wasn't as great that that, that, that healthy, but it was certainly a, uh, a healthier a way of doing it. Is having the you know that light fruit mm-hmm. in the evening mm-hmm. and that uh, energy. F- what well, did we you say? Also, Laden food. We also in the can't ignore you the. It. Or ignore the fact that a lot of these kids who are skipping breakfast, it often has to do with being, in, in, you know, impoverished, um, you know, uh, demographics. But there's a, a really the sweet story. Cheap, isn't it? I thought we have a really sweet food. story coming out of Texas that um, it actually made me cry when I first read this um, the other day. I read, I think it was on on Sabbath. Um, are you going to so, cry on? No, yeah. no. It's because it, there's a little video, and I'll we, post we, a video we as well. We, we all so there's an English teacher at a high school in Texas, Brian Johnston, and um, and he his kids were having exams. You know, they have exams. You know, in between. Um, at the end of terms and semesters and whatnot. And it was exam period right now. And, uh, and the students are usually like absolutely exhausted um, after the exams, but they don't eat breakfast. So they're even more exhausted. And so he sat up, he set up a little table, a little desk outside the exam room, like his own exam room where his students were coming with a jar of peanut butter, a jar of jam and several loaves of whole grain bread. And then as the students were coming in to do the exam, he was like, stand right here. Did you have breakfast? And the answer was no. He'd be like, boom, 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 make them a PB&J, peanut butter mm-hmm. and jam sandwich, mm-hmm. and put it in their hand. And it ended up feeding over like 100 students right oh, on the spot. Wow. Yeah, and uh, and just made sure that they all had breakfast before they sat their exam. And of course, you know, a student videoed this and it ended up going viral. And um, and I think it's really important that we... And I bet it increased their exam results across absolutely. the Absolutely. And it was just such a sweet gesture. You see this teacher sitting like a little student desk in a little student chair and he's sitting there making breakfast for his students. So they get good results in their exams. I know. Yeah. I I think we don't um, applaud teachers enough for the hard work they do. Like he's he's obviously wants them to you know have the best possible um, results they can get, the best possible start in life, and going to the point where you even just make breakfast for your students is just so sweet. It's just so sweet. <laughs> yeah, I do feel like crying. So do you have <laughs> do you have uh, do you have breakfast before or after the breakfast show? I usually have breakfast during, during the breakfast show. You <laughs> do hey, indeed. It's called the breakfast show. Okay, one multitask <laughs> everything during the breakfast show, and it freaks Lyle out.
We have something to discuss, don't we? Yeah, that's right. Um, do you think we should bring back knighthoods to Australia? Knighthoods? Yeah, you know, Sir, Sir Lyle Southwell. Oh, my. Is the only reason you want to bring them back because that's what you want to do? <laughs> <laughs> or you could have uh, um, Dame Monica, Monica Galash. Oh. How do you think that sounds? Um, I don't know. It makes me kind of sound old. <laughs> Damon, or you could, uh, if you, of course, if you married somebody who was a sir, then you would be Lady Monica. That sounds nicer. Yeah, 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 yeah. But is that is that lower down the rung than a dame? Yes, because that means that you are married to the sir. Okay, what about a duchess? Can I be Duchess Monica? Yeah, that's kind of nice. Got a nice ring. Or to Princess it. Just, Monica, just, just, you know, stuff. It it. Let's just go straight to Queen Monica. <laughs> All right, everyone. Go to, go I am now the Queen of Australia. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell Elizabeth. Okay, so in New Zealand, they still have knighthoods. They do. Yes, Don't and you Papua, have to, Papua New Guinea as well. Don't you have to like undergo rigorous tests or something to do become a knight? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got to do like um, you, you've got to be a pretty serious person. Don't you have to know how life. to use a sword? No. And ride a horse? No. <laughs> Into battle? No. Okay. None of that. Clearly, I need to catch up with the times. <laughs> what are the knights up to these days? Okay, so knights these days uh, they just handed out a whole bunch in New Zealand because they do it annually, and they go out to people who have had a sub- significant impact on the community. Okay. Oh. Yeah, and so the uh, um, prime minister, what's her name, Jacinta. Of New Zealand um, has just handed out a whole bunch of knighthoods, and one of the knighthoods that she's given out, which is actually uh, the female version, which is a dame companion, mm-hmm. um, went to Catherine Healy. Uh, now, Catherine Healy was a school teacher in the 1980s when she took a job as a receptionist at a brothel, and within oh. 10 years, she was the national coordinator for the Prostitutes Collective. Um, which was an internationally recognised leading voice for sex workers and led the charge for the decriminalisation of prostitution in 2003 in New Zealand. Wait, they knighted this woman? Yes. Because she pushed to have prostitution legalised? Yes. So... What's your opinion on this, Mon? Should prostitution be... Obviously, as Christians, we recognise that this is an immoral thing, Mm -hmm. but should it be legal or illegal? Oh, Lyle. (laughs) (laughs) Look, I... I'm going to say it should be illegal. Well, well, Lyle, 
you know, people have to be allowed to sin. We we have to be given that choice. And, you know, if a woman's not, she's not particularly hurting anyone else by, by being a prostitute, right? So, you know, why, 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 why illegalize it? Because, you know, that'll make it go underground. It makes it so much more dangerous than they're like walking the streets. If you legalize it, you know, it creates a safer environment. They get to, you know, <clears throat> um, become like a, a citizen because you don't have to pay taxes and they can get, you know, medical benefits and they can get medical help for I, what I imagine would be quite a long list of sexual diseases. I'm not sure. But um, I think, it, you know, we created uh, those, you know, syringe deposit bins all over our public toilets and everyone was up in arms saying it was going to make uh, drugs, drug use go through the roof and it didn't. So, you know, is is legalizing prostitution really that big of a deal? Yeah, a little bit like when uh, during Prohibition in America, it uh, alcoholism didn't go away yeah. and alcoholism went through the roof. Yeah, exactly. Actually, alcoholism was reduced by 70% during oh, okay. Prohibition. Okay. Um, but you won't hear that from the alcohol industry or the media these days. But how can you tell a woman what she can and can't do with her body? Particularly okay. if she's not like you know she's not like breaking any of the Ten Commandments. She's not like killing anyone or stealing from anyone. Else. She's not like harming right, so anyone else. Ah, right. And this is my whole point here. Mm-hmm. Who says she's not harming anyone else? Well, they're both consenting okay, so, adults. But, so, so, so she's harming both herself and uh, the people that she's with. And here's why: um, prostitution is basically a way that you can pay somebody money to abuse them. You know, we've got this whole whole Me Too campaign happening right now, right? Mm-hmm. And the whole Me Too campaign is about, you know, women being abused and exploited and all of this kind of thing. And so we're trying to train our young men to respect women and to hold them high in society. And yet we legalize a way of saying, yes, but if you pay money, you can then go and abuse them. Okay, so then uh, men pay money to go and abuse women, and what's to say it's going to stop there? What you are creating is a mindset in men that lowers women in the uh, estimation of men, and that is bad for society. Wow, that really blew my mind. The fact that, no, you can't abuse women. Oh, unless you pay. Yeah. If you pay, it's fine. Yeah. That really, that makes you feel really degraded as a woman. But you know, I have, I have I have heard it said like, isn't isn't all forms of sex at like in some way or another just prostitution? Like you know, I have a friend who is in a marriage with a man that is you know abusive, and she wants to leave, but she's like, no, I can't leave because I can't support myself, so I want to stay with him. And I'm like, well, that's and just that's why we had really. and that's why we had Krista Heath on here on Friday talking about women's refuges and places that women can go to highlight the fact you can always leave. Mm-hmm. You can always leave. You have that choice. Fair enough. But then I had, like, you know, some people argue that even marriage is just a, a nice form of prostitution. Like the guy, like, you know, works and brings home the bacon and stuff and she stays home and really, you know, he's providing a house and a home for her and she sort of repays him by sleeping with him, right? Yeah, I think that uh, if you interviewed, um, you know, happily married women, you would find that... Uh, um, you know, it, it, the, the pleasure goes both ways. So is, is prostitution not legal in Australia? 
You know, I haven't actually looked up the uh, legal status. But it's legal in New, New, it's, New Zealand. It's legal in New Zealand, and of course that, um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's one of those, it, I see this as actually being a very vexed question mm-hmm. because I feel very, very bad for women who have made this choice and are, you know, to become a prostitute and have and are finding difficulty getting out of it and they've got to put, you know, food on their table and um, by legalising it, it reduces the amount of abuse that they suffer. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the other hand, I think that it creates an environment where we train men that abuse of women is okay, provided you pay for it. And it's only one very small step from there to like, well, I can't afford it this week, so I'm just going to abuse this person anyway. Mm-hmm. So, but doesn't doesn't prostitution like lower the amount of rape that's happening in a society? Like, you, you know, if men, you know, they don't. Instead of raping someone, they can actually go and like legally do it, right? Yeah, and, and this argument has been put forward many times, and there's not actually any science to back it up. Okay. Uh, because, you know, the, the, the counter-argument to that goes that, you know, if they have that bad attitude towards women and they've been able to abuse women in, in, in an environment where they're paying to do so, um, then it lowers their inhibitions to, um, to take somebody that, that you, know, they, they, you know, they can't afford. So, you know, or, or, you know, maybe they can only afford to see a prostitute once a month or whatever, and that's not enough. And so they just go and uh, fulfill their needs through rape. Isn't this the oldest profession ever? Prostitution has been around, yeah, well, not the oldest profession ever. The oldest profession ever um, was agriculture and husbandry. Okay. Uh, you'll find that in Genesis chapter 4. Um, to find prostitution in the Bible, you're going to have to go to chapter uh, 34, which is a, uh, a little bit further on. But anyway, being that as it may, it is a vexed question, but marriage is what the Bible outlines as being the ultimate Mm-hmm. And in society, the, every single piece of research that is ever done has shown a stable married relationship is the ideal for society. And that's what we should be aiming for.
Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Faith FM, 87.6, 87.8, or 88, wherever you are across Australia. We have two people in the studio with us right now for our interview, and we have Andy and Ethan. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Lyle. Good to be here. Ethan, I think you might be the one, young, one of the youngest people I have uh, interviewed here on the show. How old are you, Ethan? Fifteen. Fifteen. Fantastic. Great to have you as a part of the show. And if there's any other 15-year-olds out there that want to become a part of Faith FM's, just spread the word for me. Well, can you do that? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Fantastic. Now, uh, Andy, um, why don't we just spend a few minutes, we'll get to know you. And uh, Now, now where about, how, how do you guys connect with each other? Ethan's my son. Ethan's your son. Yeah. I thought that was the case because you kind of look like you, but I just wanted to make sure. Yep. Okay, so just without putting my foot in it. Good on you, Lyle. Okay, so, um, Andy, tell me about you, you, you and your family and where you come from. Where, where, what part of Australia do you come from? I was uh, raised in Sydney. Okay. And uh, What part my, of Sydney? Uh, well, it was uh, Bankstown, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, met my wife, who was from Kempsey, mm-hmm. New South Wales, and uh, she was a country girl. I was a city boy, and we uh, we hooked up. But um, yeah, it was. Uh, so where where did you end up living in Kempsey or Sydney? No, neither. neither oh, neither. Neither. Okay, we so neither one of you won that battle. We moved out of Sydney, but we didn't get as far as Kempsey initially. We okay. got, we got to uh, to Kurumbong to do some study. So yeah. that's um, that's how all good relationships work, right? Perhaps. With compromise. A bit of compromise. Halfway that's exactly in between. Right. Absolutely. And what were you studying there in? Uh, Teacher, a teacher, primary teaching. Primary actually. teaching, yeah, that's oh, right. Yeah. Both of you, or just you? No, she did nursing. We walked down the yeah. aisle a second time, uh, three years after being married, and uh, graduated with nursing and teaching. Yeah. Ah, fantastic! Yeah, yeah. awesome. So, um, now, do you come from a Christian home? I came from a home where uh, mum was Baptist, dad was Lutheran, so okay. we had uh, a faith-based home that wasn't necessarily practicing strongly. Did that create conflict? Um, no, because they were both um, of a Christian orientation, sure. um, and I went to Sunday school as a kid up until about the age of 12, and when I was zoned to go to the local um, boys' high school, mum and dad thought there might have been a better place that uh, I could go. They pulled out the phone book, and out came um, Strathfield, Sydney Adventist College at the time, and so go. I turned up year seven, didn't know anyone or anything about uh, about uh, the, the lingo that goes with Seves and, and other things like that, uh-huh. but made friends, and I was invited to church. It doesn't and, take long to pick up the lingo that goes with a particular church. Church, you know? That's it. Every yeah. every church has its own little bit of lingo, and that's it. And yeah, we refer to each other as as sevs or sevies or whatever it might that's be. It. And, that's and, it. And, uh, yeah, fantastic. baptized in year eleven. So, Great. teacher of education for me was was um, an entry point to really coming to know. Um, was there a particular thing that inspired you to give your heart to God? Um, I, I remember it specifically being 12. I was in New Zealand at the time. I was on a camp mm-hmm. and uh, an, an appeal was made after yep. being with a whole bunch of kids to, to give our heart to Jesus. And uh, I remember that time being um, very aware of that decision and wanting Jesus to guide my life. And he Fantastic. has from that point on. Praise yeah, God. Yeah. Now, what about you, Ethan? Have you made that decision for yourself? Yeah, just the old day. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> yeah, what was the circumstances behind that? Can you tell us about it? Um, well, probably through week of worships and um, 
yeah, summer camps and stuff, just like worshipping. And that's got to make you proud, Andy. That's very much so. We were down yeah. at the beach the other day for a baptism. It was great. Oh yeah, awesome. Yeah, ah, amazing. Now, um, you particularly, I, I particularly asked you to come on here to talk about a trip that you did recently. Sure. So, whereabouts did you travel to? Lyle, we uh, we ended up um, being part of a tour yes. that uh, left uh, Jordan and did Israel. So it was two weeks in Jordan and Israel. Jordan and Israel. Yeah. Fantastic. And, uh, and you went as well, Ethan? Yeah. <laughs> and his younger sister, Amy, and my wife, Robin. Yeah. Okay. So how old is your sister, Ethan? Uh, she's 13 this year. Okay, so you're 13, 15-year-old kids. I mean, these kids are living the dream. They get to go to Jordan and Israel at that age. It's just uh, That's it, what an opportunity. Well, it, it was certainly a very a wonderful opportunity, and uh, we were so close to Egypt. I said, how about we do a bit of Egypt as well? And we ended up doing Greece and Turkey at the end, so we started oh. off with the, <laughs> we started okay. off with the I started. <laughs> I, started off, I started off being jealous that you went to Jordan and Israel, and now it's like, yeah, well, why not? As you do. You know, it's just like we'll duck across. In Egypt, and like, oh well, Greece is not so far away, and it was just such a wonderful experience. From you just going through the Bible stories of, of Le- the Exodus, the yep. whole Egypt experience, yep. and then the footsteps of Jesus through the Bible lands, and then into Paul's missionary journey to finish up in okay. Greece and Turkey. So, amazing. so um, on this whole trip, Ethan, what was your favourite part? Um, I liked Egypt, but I really liked the Sea of Galilee. Okay, what, what was it about the Sea of Galilee that you liked the most? Did you go and jump and go, jump and go for a swim? Yeah, in the morning we did. Yeah, yep. yeah. It was yep. a bit chilly, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, um, when, especially getting back, reading stories about, like, the calming of the sea and um, the pigs getting, like, oh, yes. themselves into the yep. Yep. Yeah, lake, like that. Yeah. Yep. Did, uh, did you get to go fishing? No. Ah, <laughs> oh, you didn't get to go fishing. Did you go on a boat? Yeah. Yeah, so you went on one of those boats that they... Did, did they show you how they used to do fishing? Uh, Throw the net over the side and that kind of stuff. No, I sure. Oh, they were slack that time. They were slack. Yeah, when I was there, they they uh, we we got to go fishing because um, the uh, the guys on the on the tour boat, you know, it's nothing, yes. nothing like the boat that Jesus was on. You can go and see the boat that would be similar to the one that Jesus was on. They're nothing like that, but they're interesting nonetheless. And we we cruised around for a little bit and threw a net over the side and caught absolutely nothing. Oh. So um, yeah, I kind of relate to. Uh, to um, Peter and his friends there a few times when yeah. they had a similar experience. Sure, sure. Yeah. Okay, so you like Galilee the best. Okay, now you said you also enjoyed Egypt. Yeah. What was your favourite part of Egypt? I've seen the pyramids. Yeah, they're pretty spectacular, yeah. eh? <laughs> Uh, pyramids were on my bucket list for a long time. You know how sometimes when something's on your bucket list and you get there and you've wanted to see it so much for so long and it sort of like lets you down? The pyramids... They were better than I expected by a wide margin, and yeah. the Sphinx I thought was kind of small. Yeah, yeah. that was okay. just that was just me. Yeah. I, was, I was expecting the Sphinx to be like as big as the pyramids, and yeah. it was like, oh, that's the Sphinx. That's all there is to it. Okay, we came all the way to see that. But anyway, that was just uh, my reaction. Okay, so you start in Jordan. You've mm-hmm. got uh, two weeks to do Jordan and Israel. Yep. How long did you spend overseas all up? We had five weeks over there. So we okay. actually did Egypt to begin with. We did oh, it in you that started order. that first. Yeah. So we did so that you did your exodus own. out of Egypt. We did the exodus out of Egypt and to uh, had some time in Cairo and Luxor. Yes. And then across to Amman and we started in Amman in oh, Jordan. Okay. And that was with Leanne Colville-Smith uh, from up at uh, Toowoomba yep. who led out that tour. And that was yep. great. Faith Tours was yep. the tour we were on. Yeah, did, he, did he lead the entire tour or just the Jordan? Uh, the Jordan and Israel, Israel was the official tour. They uh-huh. were the two countries covered there. 
and then um, the offer was made to join them on a scouting tour that just sort of looked at a future possible tour through Greece and Turkey. So we were a part of that uh, on invitation, which was lovely. Why not? Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. All right, so what places did you see in Jordan? Did you go to Petra? We did. Yes. Yes. Had a whole day, spectacular, isn't whole it? day in Petra. And uh, we got to the high places and to the monastery, yep. uh, walking both. And it was just, you know, fabulous. Once you got down that ravine and turned the corner and saw the treasury building there, it was just amazing. Yeah. Um, when I went to Petra, I made it to the high places, but not the monastery. Okay. Because I had eaten something. Oh, no. <laughs> my feeling so good. My oh, no. No good, no oh, good no. at all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we didn't have any thickness, so praise God for that. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, that was awesome. Yeah. yeah. But I tell you, Lyle, you know, a, a memory event to be able to take your family yes. and your kids along to yes. experience in, you know, as Ethan said before, being baptised just a day or two ago yep. down at the beach here, the year that they were baptised, you know, to remember the journey of being over there was just a special thing. Yes. And uh, I think, you know, as family, is uh, my wife and I talked we could leave something like this to retirement age yep. and benefit for a few years but we, we've we've taken and this would have been a significant investment it certainly was yeah. yeah taking the plunge to do it earlier where our kids can benefit from that time back at school and in their yep. faith journey and my wife and I too we, we won't read scripture the same way as uh, as we did before we left because yeah. we can visualize the places we're reading about and saying you know we've been there we know what that feels like we can see what it looks like uh-huh. Uh, even, you know, experience the temperature, the distances. It all, it all starts to be a whole lot more real. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I really appreciate that because, um, you know, someone gave me some very wise advice um, a very long time ago. And it's like, well, when you're dealing with your money, if you're looking for a place to invest it, you can't find a better place than investing in your family. Mm. And, uh, you know, five weeks through those countries, I have an idea of, of, of what that would cost. It's a significant cost, but it's a great investment. Absolutely. Because you're investing in your family. Yeah. And uh, you know the baptism at the beach a couple of days ago yeah. is uh, is that investment paying out? And you you know you, there's there's no money in the world that can you know um, compensate for something like that. You Absolutely, know, it's just, uh, it's, it's, uh, that's amazing. Praise yeah. God. Yeah. All right, so you've done... Okay, so then you go to... Uh, you head across to Israel, you see the temple and Jerusalem, all that, of course. We certainly did, yeah. The northern part of, uh, of Israel around the Sea of Galilee was a highlight because, you know, you look at the Sea of Galilee and you see, Ethan, you'd, you'd resonate with this, that... It's, it's the same as it was when Jesus was here. You know yeah, what I mean? Right, Some of the right. places, you're not sure if it's exactly this is, there. This is, yeah, this is one of the things when you do one of these tours, I, I put them all into three categories. Though, yes. They're like, this is a legitimate site. Yeah. This is a maybe site. Yes. And this has nothing to do with the site. <laughs> yeah, you go, that's you go right. to the Church of the Cock Crow and it's like, yeah, this has nothing to do with the Cock the Crow. That's right. <laughs> that's right. So we, we love the places that there was, you know, there, there was, it was pretty clear that this is just yeah. the way it was back then. And yeah. certainly the Sea of Galilee was highlight on those on those tours. But we went through, you know, the, the Nazareth village in, yes. in, in Nazareth. And it was like uh, an old Sydney town replica of, of the kids who were dressed in and, Bible and, times. And within a few hundred metres of where the original Nazareth, Nazareth was. Exactly right. You know, um, And with all the features in some of the stories that Jesus told, and you can imagine Jesus actually walking through that, that village at some stage. And even though that's, there's portions of the, that, have been, that have been reconstructed, there's other portions that were original to Jesus' time. Exactly right. And... Uh, Ethan loves his fruit and veggies, Lyle, yeah. and uh, and he found that there was plenty of fruit stalls that he could just explore, and you might like to ask him yeah, what yeah, his favourite favorite, uh, fruits were. Yeah, tell, tell us about your favourite foods. Tell us about some exotic foods that you had over there. Uh, I like the persimmons, uh-huh. and the figs and uh, dates are probably pretty good. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. What about the uh, pomegranates? Yeah, good. I love pomegranates on cereal. You know, you get all those little red seeds and sprinkle over cereal. Yeah, they make a great crunch. pomegranate juice all through. Oh, yeah. Um, the Bible lands. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, fantastic. So you got to, uh, did you get to bargain with people and to get them down on their price and all that kind of stuff? Uh, not too much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you were the kind of tourist who they always, they, they smile about when they see you coming. It's like, yeah, this guy's going to pay full price. He just didn't buy anything long. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> But, uh, you know, then to go to the seven churches and, and get yes. through... You went all through all seven? We did six of the seven. Six of, which one did the you seventh miss? One. It was the one near uh, Smyrna. Okay. It was Isma, the yeah. one closest to Isma. Uh, we just ran out of time. But six of the seven gave us a good idea. Ephesus, Laodicea, uh-huh. really put a you know a visual picture to, to the reading that we have in Revelation. And to finish up in Greece and, you know, Athens, Corinth and... and uh, did you make it to Patmos? We didn't go to Patmos. We okay. finished up in Santorini. Oh, 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 yeah. oh, oh okay. <laughs> I said, kids, let's just pretend. It's yeah, why not? <laughs> we, we finished there. But Meteora, up where the, the high monasteries are in those high uh, rock... Um, yep. Yeah, and... Um, and Delphi and and uh, spectacular, yeah, absolutely spectacular. Absolutely. So it was it was just a, a, a great memory event. Yeah, yeah. amazing. Yeah. And uh, um, okay, so if somebody was to want to go on one of these tours, how yes. would how would how would a person go about that? Well. Um, they would just respond to the advertising that, that goes out, and certainly we had a stall here at camp uh, recently mm-hmm. where uh, Leanne and Colville Smith um, were giving their details out. They're in Toowoomba, yep. and um, their, their their tour company is Faith Tours. Okay. So um, it'd be just a matter of searching that on the internet. Yep. Look up Faith uh, Tours. Www, Faith Tours, yep. and uh, their details will come up, and uh, you can just hook into uh, a future one. They're particularly excited about families coming along, so don't families think that... Uh, uh, you know, this is just something beyond our reach. They they are looking to to uh, to invent some budget, more budget tours that uh-huh. that aren't staying necessarily at the top end accommodation, but that families could uh, could afford to to be on. So sure. don't think it's out of your reach reach financially. And students, you know, um, that might feel like this is just something that's not within my my reach at this stage of, of life. I'm glad to hear that they're, they're planning some uh, budget tours because I do find that the tours, um, you know, because when I tour by myself. If I go by myself, I stay in backpackers. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was like, the only reason that I I, I go to accommodation at night is to sleep. Yes. I don't need to pay lots of money to look at, you know, um, slightly better quality paint on the wall before I go to sleep. Absolutely. It's it's just a bed. Absolutely. And, uh, And then you go on these package tours, which are great because you get such good deals and you get such good tour guides um, and, and it becomes so economical to do it that way. Yes. But I'm, I, all, all the time I'm staying at a five-star hotel and I'm thinking to myself, you know, I could be saving some money here. Yeah. If, if there was a budget version of this, I would, right. I would take it. So yeah. that sounds like yeah. a great idea. So if it grabs your interest, listeners, then uh, follow up and uh, and do just investigate how it might work out for you. Yeah, and don't and as you say, don't leave the uh, don't leave the family out of it. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us, Good Andy and Ethan. It has been a pleasure having you here on the show, and uh, we're going to be back uh, after this music break with uh, more great programming and the rest of our breakfast show. Don't go anywhere. Back in just a moment. Soul delight. 
to hide Oh how precious are the lessons Which I learned at Jesus' side Earthly cares can never vex me Neither trials lay me low For when Satan comes to tempt me To the secret place I go To the secret place I go When you think of studying nursing, 
practical experience, a rewarding career, great employment prospects. When you think of nursing, think of Avondale College of Higher Education. 92.7% of our nursing graduates were employed within four months of completing their degree, with credible experience and with friends for life. To apply now, visit avondale.edu.au. It's higher education, designed for life. Hi, I'm Peter Watts, and I'm sure, like me, at some time you have asked these questions. Does God exist? Is there anyone out there? And is God for real? As an atheist for years, my answer to those questions was no. But since then, I've had to reconsider the evidence. Evidence that points to a God of reason, science, love, and hope. I'm inviting you to discover these answers for yourself in my exciting new series entitled, Is God for Real? You can hear Peter Watts starting Saturday. October 19, 7pm, Erina Room at Erina Fair. That is Saturday, October 19, 7pm, Erina Room at Erina Fair. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio.